So before we get started, there is a trigger warning for this episode as we are talking about eating disorders. So if you feel that you're struggling with your relationship with food and you're wanting to seek help, a great place to start is the Butterfly Foundation or with your doctor or an eating disorder specialized health professional. Hello and welcome to the Embody Health Podcast. We're Kira and Meg, your dietitian BFFs. We're here to help you break free of diet culture, become besties with food and find peace with your body. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Embody Health Podcast. You're here with your co-hosts, Kia Pates and Megan Boswell. And today we're doing a little bonus episode for season two. Yes, that's right. We're back. We haven't actually finished. Surprise. Surprise. Um, And we're talking about Christmas because it's coming up and we're going to have a little bit of a chat about how to manage that food guilt over Christmas because it's something that's coming up in a lot of my consults I know recently um and I'm guessing probably yours as well hey Megs yeah always in the lead up to the festive season we get an influx of questions oh how am I gonna handle Christmas there's so much food so many expectations so yeah that's what we're chatting about today Mm -hmm. and a lot of anxiety around weight gain especially I think Um, but before we go into that, how have you been, Meg? How are you feeling? I am feeling well, thank you, Kia. I'm really looking forward to having a two-week clinic break. Um, going to go away on some day trips, I think, with Alex. So Sunshine Coast and spend some time at the beach. So really looking forward to that and just um, closing out a really productive, busy year. Mm, massive year, definitely. How are you feeling, Kia? I am feeling good, but tired. I feel like that's a common thing for me. Always tired. Pregnancy life. Pregnancy life. Um, But I am also really looking for the break. We're heading over to Japan this year, which I'm super excited for because we love going there. We've been there a couple of times before. We usually go snowboarding, but unfortunately with pregnancy, can't do that this time. But honestly, I'm actually just going to kind of like relax and sleep. That That is my main thing is just the sleeping. And it'll be nice to have a little bit of a break of clinic. I love working with all of my clients, um, but I definitely need a little bit of an extra sleep. Yeah, I mean, you know, we need self-care just like we preach and promote to everyone else. Yep. And I think it's so important to give yourself do nothing time, mm-hmm. specifically setting aside time where you haven't planned lots of activities or events because otherwise sometimes Christmas can feel just as exhausting as like a usual work week you know it might not even feel like a holiday if you've got too much on Mm, definitely so let's kind of take a deep dive into why Christmas can be challenging do you want to have a little bit of chat to get us started babe yeah so Christmas traditionally involves it revolves a lot around food so I mean we often think of maybe fruit mince pies or um, rumbles or trifle I don't know it probably differs culture to culture our families are both South African so I think we might have slightly different dishes like milk tart and butterwurst yes (laughs) Um, but it generally revolves a lot around food so anytime that we're presented a lot more with 
pressure to eat lots of food that can cause anxiety. What else do you tend to see, Kia? Well, I guess the thing is Christmas, it's not just really straight Christmas. There's often a lot more events around that as well. Um, so we've got all the Christmas parties and often most people don't go to one. They might have a couple, you know, maybe their partner or friends are also hosting Christmas party, maybe doing some friendmas. Um, and so I guess sometimes people will when they're struggling with their relationship with food and disordered eating the act of having these events reduces the control around food um, and usually most times of the year we don't actually have this many events all concentrated but Christmas kind of brings up that you know event 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 uh, weekend after weekend like I know my Weekends are pretty packed at the moment with events. Um, and for someone struggling with their relationship with food, that can be quite, quite, quite difficult, really. Um, and it's not just about that, but also the fact that, you know, this is a time where people also, you know, get together and maybe see people that they haven't seen in a while. And we know one of the things that is a a big thing that people talk about um, when they have family get-togethers is changes in bodies. Um, and so, you know, maybe, you know, I, like I've had a lot of my clients tell me that they're really anxious about Christmas because it's a time where, you know, that their family might be judging them about their body and saying, oh, you know, you've gained weight or, you know, opposite as well. Um, and that can bring a lot of anxieties up. Yeah, definitely. And this is something we'll touch on a little bit in further sections. So we'll go into uh, strategies to actually deal with some of these body comments and navigating conversations around food. I think sometimes too, another piece with the whole picture is the pressure to spend time with lots of people socially and how maybe emotionally drained you can feel or it can also be a little bit exhausting if you're spending a lot of time planning and preparing and even if you've got a family and you're trying to help make sure everyone's sorted and organized and I think if if anyone struggles with emotional eating then that could even be a trigger potentially if they're dealing with those difficult emotions yeah and we know that families definitely can be a place where difficult emotions and difficult conversations can come up especially if everyone's in the same room together and not everyone has the same opinions about everything Mm, definitely I think something that it's also really important for us to acknowledge is that Christmas might look really different for everyone and for some people perhaps they may also be struggling with feelings or grief or loss or loneliness around Christmas perhaps they may not have many people that they can spend time with and so even those feelings can really exacerbate thoughts about food and or body as well at this time and and can be a real struggle to deal with definitely and everyone everyone has a different experience over the uh, over the holiday period Um, But we want to chat about a couple of different challenges and how to navigate them, especially um, during this period of time where food and eating is often the central um, central focus. Um, So I guess kind of one of the big things that we see is that feeling of food guilt. You know, maybe I've eaten something that hasn't been what I planned to or maybe I've eaten too much or, you know, maybe I've had something that I just didn't expect to have. Um, What are some strategies people can use if they are feeling quite guilty? I think this is where we can always come back to that, that foundational idea that 
food is about more than just nutrients. So food exists for enjoyment, for social and cultural reasons. It's okay to eat food just because you love it, because you love the taste of it. And even to maybe have a bit more than you were planning to have just because it tastes amazing. That's all okay. And that's a completely valid part of the human experience. So I think that's an important one. And also having an all foods fit approach. What do you recommend to your clients around this, Kia? Yeah, definitely. I would encourage everyone to experience all foods. I think that's really important because a lot of these foods that say milk tart, which is, you know, something that our families both make. Creamy dessert. It's so good. Yeah, it's a popular South African, almost like custard with a base type thing. Um, But, you know, that's something that only gets prepared once a year. Um, And so it's a really great time to enjoy different foods. And, yeah, sure, they may be more fun foods than, you know, usually available, but it's okay to eat those foods. So I would always kind of encourage unconditional permission to eat everything, so not putting anything off limits, but also trying to also maintain a regular eating pattern as well. I guess one thing I see quite commonly is people not wanting to eat um uh like maybe breakfast or that if they're having like a christmas lunch um or even if they're maybe having a going out to christmas dinner or something with some work colleagues and maybe kind of skipping some meals earlier on in the day and we want to try and you know maintain that regular eating as much as possible because we know that when we do eat regularly that can really um override our our body's own hunger and fullness sensations and make us feel less in control about food um and so we want to kind of yeah maintain that as much as possible absolutely and if you feel like you know maybe binge eating or going through binge restrict cycles is something that you struggle with christmas can be a a major trigger for this so (laughs) then your best one of your best forms of protection against that is using those principles of regular eating and yeah and with that we can practice really intuitive eating so listening to our body listening to when it's hungry listening to when it's full stopping when we're satisfied and we're no longer experiencing that enjoyment from food um and enjoying a wide variety of different foods so yeah really kind of not putting any foods on a pedal stool or any foods off limit um, but just really tuning into what our body wants and needs Mm. I think sometimes clients feel like they struggle to find the balance here with intuitive eating and, and figuring out what what do they actually want and so I might say that it's okay to pick the foods that you just really enjoy the most and you don't have to feel pressure or as if you're obligated to eat everything that's provided i think maybe sometimes there can be a lot of pressure to eat something of everything or eat something that's given but if you don't feel like it or doesn't make you feel good afterwards and i'm talking from about like from a body comfort point of view rather than food guilt if you don't feel great eating that food you don't have to eat it you can focus on the foods that you really enjoy the most Mm, definitely and you know what it's actually okay to also I want to almost normalize eating past your fullness as well so as much as yeah we definitely preach you know listening to your body's hunger and fullness sensations it's a part of the eating experience especially on Christmas to almost feel that call it number eight on the hunger fullness scale a little bit of a food coma yeah food coma (laughs) bloated for clothes feel tight sleepy and drained maybe an afternoon nap (laughs) yeah like that's okay that's it's completely okay to be like that because again Christmas is a time of you know often being with family and it's a joyful occasion for maybe not everyone but a lot of people um and so 
you know, food is just part of that. It's part of that cultural experience. Something that can also be helpful if you struggle with food guilt is talking to a trusted person. So if you have someone in your life, either a friend or family or maybe a health professional like your dietitian or psychologist, just talking to them about your anxieties and thoughts about Christmas and provided they're supportive and aligned with you know non-dieting principles then that can be a really a really great way to get support and feel a bit better yeah definitely and I guess you know another thing that we always like to talk about is navigating difficult conversations from friends and family because this is a tricky one Mm. um so Meg do you have some tips I feel like there's a few different ways you can go about it and you kind of have to pick pick it for mm. the situation a um, couple of different ways that I deal with it personally so I might have a conversation with someone or make a comment where I'd say oh actually um, I love carbs so maybe they're demonizing carbs I love carbs they're great for me I'm not <laughs> I'm gonna have heaps today and just kind of redirect and move on or you know if it's on a little bit more serious notes maybe saying hey is it okay if you don't make comments on my body or my plate but this can feel very confrontational Mm. so it probably has to be someone where you feel like you can be very open and honest with them otherwise just changing the topic or like oh okay and then moving on and and saying something else or redirecting or walking away you don't have to stay engaged in that conversation yeah I definitely think that's kind of what I do I just uh because being a dietitian especially over Christmas and well pretty much in most events you often get asked your perspective on food or don't watch me I should you uh, you know don't watch me eat this and they might be eating like a piece of cake which of course I'm never gonna say ever don't eat that piece of cake go for your life eat the piece of cake enjoy it um I honestly just try and not engage in the conversation at all um and try definitely not to start them or if someone doesn't know I'm a health professional or dietitian don't tell them <laughs> you're an accountant yeah, for I'm accountant I'm accountant today <laughs> I think um something that I've done in the past when someone's made a, a comment on my my body I think some maybe a family member said to me oh you've lost weight and I think my response was just something like oh really I didn't notice and then I just just moved on so it's not really making a big deal out of it and leaving it as a bit of a dead end. Mm-hmm. You could always question them as well mm-hmm. if you feel up to it. So um, if someone has uh, maybe some, I don't know, nutrition, say this, so let's just go on the celery juice. They're like, oh, celery juice is, you know, really, um, really healthy. You really need to be eating it or drinking it. And um, you could always go like, why is that? And often sometimes I find, you know, people pick up all these nutrition information and don't often necessarily know why it's quote-unquote beneficial and so it can just even start to question their own beliefs which you know I like to do a little bit as well yeah exactly um in terms of challenging food fears this can be a big one obviously Christmas provides plenty of opportunities to challenge food fears but that can also feel really overwhelming yeah so I guess that big thing there is you know if you are feeling up to it to challenge some food fears great you know it's a really good opportunity to do it don't do too many at once though so maybe just try a handful of food fears um that you have um and you know start with start with that it can be really good to have a supportive person though 
doing that with you at the same time so maybe telling a trusted family member or a friend that you're trying to challenge some of these fears Um, and also having some strategies around how to cope if that does bring up uncomfortable emotions around you so you know maybe if you're able to go into a separate room to do some deep breathing exercises or um, even you know have a shower or take a walk or you know do some journaling um, you know potentially even um, with the food that you want to challenge maybe even trying to challenge it not necessarily at the dinner table at the Christmas dinner like making it for yourself a little bit before Christmas as well um, so that you do have that kind of opportunity to kind of have it when you're not really surrounded by a quite sometimes be emotional situation yeah it's like having a bit of a practice run and I think one of the most important things with challenging food fears is that in order to have less anxiety about something we need repeated positive experiences with it so if we continue to avoid the food we'll continue to feel anxious about it or increasingly anxious whereas if there's that food exposure happening over time and you have opportunities to have a good experience with that that can help to reduce that anxiety and again you know you might not be ready to challenge your food fears over christmas and that is completely okay as well um but either way you know i do think christmas is a great opportunity to identify food fears and food rules as well so if there's any things that come up for you um you know maybe about eating at the certain time or having someone else prepare your meals or a specific sort of food they can be really good things to write down on your phone well or wherever you like to write it down um, as kind of oh okay this is a food fear or food rule that I've noticed over this period and you can bring it to your next dietitian or psychology session and we can also help you unpack that too. Absolutely something that often comes up a lot is alcohol Mm. so I mean this is a little bit of a tricky topic to navigate and I feel like relationship with alcohol almost deserves its own podcast episode it can be really complicated Um, but do you have any tips that you share with clients around this yeah I don't know that's a good question Um, what do I share with clients I think we can generally start with what the recommendations are yeah that's always a good one so they've actually just changed them though I don't know what the new ones are I think it's recommended to not have more than 10 standard drinks in a week we can fact check this later but not to have more than four standard drinks in one Mm -hmm. drinking occasion Mm -hmm. i guess the tricky thing with alcohol is that it technically is a toxin Mm -hmm. um i mean there's lots of foods that get claimed as being toxic which is not the case but alcohol isn't necessarily health promoting Mm -hmm. but it can be fun promoting and it can be a big part of being social and being in social situations and something that you enjoy So I think what feels good for you with alcohol is going to look different for everyone. I think starting with that foundation of what the health guidelines recommend is probably a pretty good place. And then just seeing how it makes you feel and being really mindful about your relationship with it. Yeah, because we know that alcohol can influence us in a variety of different ways. It can make us a lot more... um emotionally prone it can change our decision making as well but it can also really affect our appetite signals and our hunger and fullness cues and our sleep as well um so if you're someone that doesn't want to drink as well which is quite normal over the christmas period um but sometimes not normalized actually um there's a lot of pressure to drink i do find um 
you could always like there's 101 different uh what do you call them alcohol free options these yeah. days of yeah. wines and ciders and so even kind of um, grabbing something like that and um, no one has to know you're not drinking as well so you could just be um like drinking a glass of sparkling wine and it's actually alcohol free sparkling wine and um, because often people are less likely to question you if you have something in your hand that does look like alcohol as well mm, absolutely um, I think we need to normalize not drinking and that being okay. It's definitely very, still very tricky in our society, especially in Australia. Mm, yes, big I, drinking culture. Yeah. I think where I'm trying to go with this is that having a glass of red wine could actually be almost a challenge mm-hmm. in a way if you're scared of it because of the calories, but you would otherwise want to be having that in that social situation. Like there is a part of you that feels like you're missing out. And the reason you're not having it is because of fear around the calories in it. Then I think that that could be almost a valid um, like challenge of a food fear mm-hmm. because it's about the social situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I think it's, you know, as a bit of a summary, very individualized. Very topic. Try stick to the guidelines. <laughs> um, but of course, yeah, something you can definitely bring up with um, psychologist or dietitian if you're worried about your relationship with alcohol and how that affects body image and uh, disordered eating as well. So we want to chat a little bit about how to kind of approach some balance when it comes to eating at Christmas. And again, this looks different for everyone. And you also don't have to eat like this either. We are never ones to tell you really how to eat. Um, But, you know, a lot of people are really looking for guidance of, you know, how to kind of manage this Christmas period. So this is a lot of the things that we kind of say to our clients. Yeah, so something that you can try using is the plate method, which we've talked about a little bit in previous episodes. So in this method, you can divide your plate up into thirds. So you have a third with fruit and or vegetables, a third with carbohydrate foods. So that's like your potato salad or maybe some pastry-based foods or rice-based dishes or pasta-based dishes, potato bake. Yeah, and a third of your plate protein foods. So that can be, you know, if you're eating a plant-based diet, chickpea, lentil, tofu-based dishes, or if you're including animal products, fish or chicken or eggs or meat-based dishes. Or turkey, I should say, right? Yeah. Or prawns. People eat prawns, yeah. Prawns, salmon, yep, the Mm -hmm. whole lot. Um, And a sprinkle of fats on top. So Mm -hmm. those are things like maybe avocado, olives, um, like they often have cocktail olives and things like that, platters, cheese olive oil sauces, mm-hmm. hummus dips and things like that. So thinking about whether you have a variety of those different food groups on your plate is a really great way to build satisfying meals that help you to feel satiated and, and feel good and maintain decent energy levels, maybe to power through family activities or whatever you happen to be doing on the day. And that being said, your plate does not need to be perfectly balanced either. Yes. Um, the other thing we'd always say, and we did talk about this a little bit earlier, is maintaining that regular eating pattern. So trying not to you know, cut down your meal size or cut out a meal or skip a meal just because you do have a Christmas event coming up. Um, because we know it's important for like our appetite regulation to continue to eat regularly throughout the day. Absolutely. And something that sometimes people struggle with is feeling like they don't actually have access to some of those balanced dishes so if everyone's bringing a plate perhaps you could bring something that is less likely to be there so if 
maybe there's going to be a lot of really carbohydrate based dishes maybe you could bring like a fruit salad or like a delicious salad with some mix-ins or maybe let's say for example you followed a, a plant-based diet and there might not be like a plant-based protein there for you you could bring like veggie delight sausages or a marinated tofu or chickpeas or something like that so then you do actually have access to those different food groups to put together mm. and especially if you're not quite ready to challenge your foods that can give you a few more safe foods to have um kind of while you're you know ex- experiencing christmas with everyone else yeah so we do a bit of a wrap up here. Yeah. So we started off with talking about why Christmas can be challenging. So um, again, a little bit of because of pressures, societal expectations, um, a lot of socializing as well. Yeah. We talked a little bit about um, navigating challenges. So some ways to try and deal with food guilt and adopting an all foods fit mindset, practicing intuitive eating and navigating comments from friends and family. Then we moved on to challenging some food fears, which might be a great opportunity for you or might not be, but that's something for you to work out. Um, We also talked about alcohol, figuring out honestly what just works for you is the best option there. Yep, and a little bit on how to approach balance. Well, thank you for listening to our bonus Christmas episode. We want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will be back next year with some more potty apps. Um, in the meantime, if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and join the community at embodyhealth.com, um, www.embodyhealth.com, I should say, or at embodyhealth on Instagram and TikTok. And we'll see you in season three. Thanks.